0: Yeah, I just saw that it was just a little bit of a problem. To the Drew Marshall Show, Canada's most listened to spiritual talk back program.
1: Folks, Jesse Ventura is going to be joining us uh, momentarily. Former governor of Minnesota, pro wrestler, Navy SEAL actor, talk show host, and author. The guy's done it all. And in his latest book, American Conspiracies, Jesse Ventura tells it like it is, folks. You expect nothing less from the body. Jesse, what are you doing today, man?
2: Uh, just kind of laid back a little bit I'm, the the book tour's winding down I'm uh, in Minneapolis now and uh, taking care of some loose ends of stuff here and I'll continue the book tour till early next week and then I'll go back to Mexico and, and get back to what, uh, what I really do and that's wake up every morning with nothing to do and go to bed at night, I'm half done <laughs> uh, Longboard, is that your specialty? Oh, there's no specialty man, it's called learning uh, no, I've I've uh, I'm just now starting to do it. I'm, uh, I've I've body surfed by literally my whole life and boogie boarded and all that, but I've never really had the time to actually attempt to do real you know board surfing. Well, not real. It's all surfing, yeah. just to do board surfing. And of course. Longboarding is the best way to start because it's the most stable way and you gotta like anything, it's a life dedication. You don't just walk out there and start surfing.
1: No, well look, on behalf of all the surfers in the world, I'd like to say how very sorry I am that there was no tsunami off the west coast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I say that only to make the point that only knuckleheaded surfers would be the ones who uh, would run to the beach as a tsunami shows up for the thrill of the excitement of participating with it. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, listen, uh, you've got a couple of signings. We've got some folks that listen down in uh, the big MN. Tomorrow, from 1 to 4, Barnes & Noble in the Mall of America in Bloomington, 1 to yep. 4, and then Monday, 7 to 9 p.m. at the Borders, at uh, the Rosedale Center in Roseville.
2: I just did one in Rochester last night, and the, uh, the nice lady who took care of it came up to me and said, this is the largest signing we've ever had. Nice. She said, we we, we ran out of books.
1: Oh, I hate when that happens.
2: So, and it was close to 300. which is uh, that's that's considered a major league book signing
1: good for you man good for you you.
2: so obviously there's interest in the topic it isn't really good for me I, i let me give you this i didn't do this book when they first approached me with this book i turned them down how come uh because it was way before even the tv show you know the tv show actually sprung from the book and uh uh we worked on the book for a great deal of time and uh uh, I initially turned it down, and then I thought about it for two weeks, and then I agreed to do it because I felt it needed to be done. I I, I want 100 years from now to know that not everyone believes the status quo, and that's a great deal of evidence to indicate that each one of these 14 could absolutely be a conspiracy. Hmm. There's enough evidence, we found enough evidence to
1: Tell me a bit about this mind flush that you go through every year. How far from Cabo San Lucas is this place you have in Mexico, which is what an hour from pavement and an hour from a telephone line?
2: Oh, it's an hour from pavement, an hour from electricity. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I have electricity. I live my home down there is completely solar. I live off the sun.
1: Totally solar, dude.
2: Yeah, and it's uh, and it really makes you when you go solar completely. You realize that, and and you become much more with your energy use when you're not in a room you shut lights off yeah you we take it so for granted up here and the other thing that i don't get i didn't learn this till down there did you know when your tv's off with the remote control it's not off yes i did know that yeah it burns a half an amp so when you're at work your tv's burning a half an amp of power because uh 24 7 now, if we all you got to do is go to one of those uh, plug-in bar things you can buy,
1: yeah, and shut that and off.
2: Ju- just put that into the wall and then shut that off. And if everybody, my solar guy in Mexico told me, if everybody in the United States and Canada would simply do that with their TVs, we would not have any energy shortage because there's nearly a billion televisions.
1: You are just a wealth of information, young man.
2: <laughs> Only because I go down there and, and I read, you know. Last week, I didn't watch any television.
1: Good for you. Uh, we're talking about the mind flesh. so well done. Uh, seriously, how far from Cabo's is it?
2: Well, I, yeah, I'm from which Cabo San Lucas? Yeah. I'm probably a good hour and a half. Okay. Good hour and a half, maybe longer, because I'm over on the uh, towards Jose.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then
2: you go up the Silla Cortez.
1: Yep, that's right. Yeah, I was down there over Christmas. That's why I was
2: asking. Yeah, man, going... I like
1: it down there, boy. It's, I really it's do. It's
2: marvelous down there, if you be careful, because why? if you get... Well, if you get bit by Baja Fever, like uh, the Eagles' song, Hotel California, you can check out, but you can never leave.
1: Okay, you're freaking me out, man. (laughs) Listen, I have a childhood friend, Andy Walton, who is a wrestling junkie, and I promised him I would ask a couple of questions on his behalf. Do you mind if I ask you a couple of wrestling questions first? No, go ahead. Okay, this is from him. My favorite memory of Jesse was when he used to run around with a feather boas, was part of the East-West Connection, a championship tag team in the AWA with Adrian Adonis, who at the time was a brawling biker character before he became adorable. Did this represent the glory days of wrestling?
2: I think there's always different generations and different glory days. Uh, you know, there was a glory day of wrestling before that I grew up with, watching the Crusher, Dick the Bruiser, and, and uh, the people of that era. I, I think that and wrestling always evolves. It's always evolving. Okay. Now, if it's, if it's you think that's when the best wrestling was, then that's your glory days. But wow. you've got multiple eras to pick from.
1: You, d- you are in politics, aren't you? No, I
2: say that. All, it's just like baseball. You can't compare whether Babe Ruth's better than Hank Aaron.
1: Well, you can't compare the boys back then to the boys of the Royds. Come well, on.
2: Come on. Okay, that's true. But let's remember, it was it's the Royd era is also because of the brutal scheduling they're under. Right. You can't make it without them. You know, you're going to stand on TV and look 250 and then when you show up at the arena you weigh 210 <laughs> because do you know I wrestled at 1.63 consecutive nights in a row? Wow. You know, it's inhumane. And so you have and and in the that era it was more you lived in a certain area and you drove to the towns and drove home. Then when it went national is when you started going to airports. At one point, I wrestled once. I was on 28 different planes to 28 different cities in one month. When you criticize the Royd era, <laughs> yeah. criticize the business as a whole for forcing it upon the wrestler in their own way because it's, the, it's a survival mode.
1: You get asked, this is a, a, a typical question. I can't believe my friend asked this, but okay. your, your favorite wrestler to work with?
2: uh tito santana or jimmy snuka what about ted dibiase never worked with him oh you never did eh? he was a villain
1: you gotta oh, remember i was always right. a villain so you guys that's it i get I, it now. i was at towns with ted
2: i you know shared locker rooms with ted <laughs> i was always in the same locker room with ted yeah
1: yeah <laughs> i i was uh, talking to ted this week and you know what's happening in his life he's he's going to join the same hall you were in
2: yeah good for him congratulations it's well deserved
1: Hall of Fame for the wrestling folks, and his son. I guess the next day is in the the big match. The big, uh... yeah,
2: apparently so. I got out there and did RAW, and I saw all sorts of sons.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> and, that... uh, and the best son I saw was Dusty Son, Dusty yeah. Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, this kid's got three rows of abs. I didn't believe he was Dusty's Son. Now Dusty could never win. Uh, best abs but he could certainly win most abs (laughs) you know yeah yeah uh, no dusty's kid i said you got i looked at him i kept laughing to myself going you must take after your mother (laughs) because i said you don't have your father's body yeah he was laughing let me say this about the young generation there yeah they were extremely respectful when i came in for uh it was a joy to be there that night, and it gave me the chance really to turn the clock back 20 years. You notice I came out the old Jesse, and I was able to turn the clock back 20 years, yeah, and it was a lot of fun. But, you, you know, the new the new generation are very dedicated, good athletes, and trust me, they're busting their butts.
1: I've seen you in media scrums, and you have no problem turning into the old Jesse.
2: <laughs> well, there I can do it and be, have it be expected.
1: Yeah uh what was it like working with schwarzenegger on predator
2: um it's you know a lot of fun but i was going back to what i used to do it really wasn't acting for me right you know i got to go back and put the jungle stuff on again and go have some fun with machine guns nice you know and uh and uh you know and so that part was terrific and of course the experience we were we were maybe it started my love for mexico because we were down at puerto Vallarta and Palenque for 10 weeks on location and uh you know, I've, I, and now I have a great love for the country. And let me say this to you. Let's get to a serious subject for a moment. Yes, sir. I want to plead with everybody to contact the people of California, and please, they're going to vote to legal. They have an opportunity to legalize marijuana this fall. Okay. They need to do that. Okay. Whether you agree or not that hippies smoke it and get high, whatever that is, so what? The point is, there's a carnage going on on the border right now between the United States and Mexico with drug cartels 17,000 people have been killed in the last year yeah
1: there were 25 killed last week in the shootout near where the heck was that uh... well
2: where and the point is we in the united states have the ability to end this right by legalization you it, my mother before she died she told me that the, that the prohibition of alcohol is identical to the war on drugs the only thing we're doing is we're making a lot of people big money, and many of those people are criminal empires that are being financed, and the way you undo that is take away the product.
1: I wonder if that new Mexican guy who's at the top of the wealthiest man list is connected with any of this stuff instead of just the phone business. You know I what don't I mean? know.
2: I'm, I don't speculate with any type of thing. I have no knowledge of that. I'm talking I'm at ground level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I live down there now, and most of these people dying are innocent. They're caught they get caught in, 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 in crossfires. It's like a war zone. And it can. It, if that's only at the border. It ain't where I'm at. But the point is, we in the United States can start by legalization in California. Look, at they've gone medical out there now, have there been anything wrong? No. And let me give you a quote. Here's a good one that I, I hope everybody plays. I grew up in the 60s, so I can say this. Marijuana is to rock and roll. What beer is to baseball? Well, how would the ball game be if you couldn't have a beer and a hot dog?
1: Well, you'd probably have less gas.
2: <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know, but you get where I'm coming yeah, from. Yeah, I here. get it. I get it. You know, I'm pleading with people. Let's stop this carnage. It's needless. And we can do it if we can act like adults.
1: Before we go any further in this conversation, I need your help because I've heard two pronunciations of your name. I've heard Ventura and Ventura.
2: I call it Ventura.
1: Thank you. I heard you say that, and I thought, oh, crap, I've been calling him Jesse Ventura my whole life, because, you know, America's got that song, Ventura Highway.
2: Yeah, but that's for singing purposes, and to me, you do it like it sounds. Ventura D-N-T-U-R-A. That's Ventura Tell me about this And remember It's yes. my creation anyway It so is I can make it Whatever you, you, I want You can do
1: whatever <laughs> That's right
2: <laughs> You know Hey Here's a side Like My last book Revolution I was going to kill myself In it You know I, The last chapter's fiction
1: I, I've heard you say that before Yeah
2: No The last chapter was fiction The rest is all fact The yeah. last chapter Without telling the reader I made it fiction Yeah And I was going to end it I was going to leave All public life I was happy down in Mexico And that was going to be it And my writer dick russell wouldn't allow it to happen he put me in a coma in the <laughs> fictional thing and so i guess i'm okay now i'm back <laughs> i
1: i remember alex jones asking you point blank on his show will you ever kill yourself jesse ventura no because no, no, and, and no, that, no. Got, that got brought up because uh if, if you're really tapping into some truth here with this conspiracy stuff and someone is not happy with you next thing you know oh jesse's taking his life oh really
2: well, I don't know. That seems to be kind of a prevailing thing that's happened out to certain witnesses and stuff, you know, to certain things that have gone on. They've amazed, probably, I'm saying mostly that journalist from San Jose yeah. that found out apparently about this drug dealing in L.A. via the CIA and our government. And lo and behold, it turned out he had two rounds to the head, but they called it suicide. Is the word I heard.
1: Wow. How do you do now, that? How does that
2: happen? You missed with the first shot? Yeah. Uh, you know, and those things have happened. Now, people have asked me, do you feel you're endangered? I guess my answer is, well, I'm only in danger, I guess, if everything I'm writing is the truth. Right. So you be the judge. Am I in danger? Am I writing what's the truth? And if it's the truth,
1: Jesse, can you tell me about that semicircle of CIA agents in the basement of the Capitol building right after you were elected governor?
2: It was called a training exercise, and I thought, okay, let's go down and participate in a training exercise. But it was amazing because they were your neighbors. And what I mean by that is they were all ages, all walks of life, all nationalities. There was the old woman that you'd see sweeping the step, you know, three houses down from you. And I'm I'm kind of looking at these people like, wow, you're the CIA. And the point is, I'll tell you something profound. One of my buddies that I won't say who worked when I got out of the SEALs and went into Army Intelligence and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I asked him one day, I said, how come nobody approached me to do things like that when I got out? (laughs) And he said, because they're not looking for people that bring attention to themselves. Yeah. And I sat back and thought, oh, okay, because I, I somehow have a knack to bring attention to myself. No, you don't. And, well, and, no, I do. And, uh, and yet, my friend, I, when I realized that when he told me that, and this guy's a pro, I realized, oh, he's exactly right, because they want the most unassuming person they can find, you know, so that they'll never, if they're smart, so that they'll, they'll never they'll never in their wild imagination believe it. And that's what I saw sitting there. And all the questions dealt with, how did I get elected?
1: Yeah, because you were an independent.
2: Yeah, and when I talked to Dick Marcinko later, my friend from the teams, uh, who's much more knowledgeable than me on that type of thing, Dick said they didn't see you coming. And so they probably are trying to figure out if there's five more independents on the horizon. But then later on, I thought it might be even more sinister than what Dick said. I thought, did they need to know so that there would never be another independent like me on the horizon. Yeah. You know, it could be that scenario also.
1: Jesse Ventura on the phone with us. Which conspiracy do you believe the most and are therefore the most concerned about?
2: Well, the one I believe the most is is uh the murder of John Kennedy. And that one really is you got to say the most you got to be concerned about because if if it isn't what they said, and there's any type of cover-up or conspiracy, meaning more than one person, that's all, anyone other than Oswald. Well, then, um, doesn't that set the table that if you can kill the president, you can get away with anything? Hmm. I mean, to me, that's what it comes down to. And I, for one, do not buy for one instant that Oswald acted alone. You know what the key is? You know what I just learned? What? I read a book by Fletcher Proudy. Do you know who Fletcher Proudy is? No. Did you see the movie JFK? Yes. Okay, do you remember the Donald Sutherland character, the man in yes. black? Yes, yes. That knew so much? Yes, yeah. That's Colonel Fletcher Prouty. Oh. He. What happened was the media attacked Stone right away and said he made up this Mr. X guy to fill in the puzzle. And Stone took it for a while, and then at the, at the Washington uh, uh, National Press Club, they started in on him again about that, and Stone finally said no. He said Mr. X is real, the Sutherland character. In fact, he's up here on the dais with me. I'd like you to meet Colonel Fletcher, L. Fletcher Proudy. Wow. And Proudy brought out something that I had never known. You know the three bullets? Yes. That they always talk about? Yes. The key isn't the, the head shot. It's not the magic bullet. That's what they focus on. The key bullet is the one that missed. Here's why. You've got to assume it was the first, it, well, it was the first shot because the second shot's the head shot. The third shot's the, uh, is, or the second's the magic bullet, yeah. excuse me. The third's the head shot. But the first shot's the one that missed. That would be the easiest one because that's the one you exhale. So you have to assume it's a near miss, right? Yes. Because of the accuracy of the other two. Well, it struck a curb and ricocheted or said whatever and it injured a man named Teague. That's why they had to account for that bullet. He was bleeding. There's photos of him, and they, and they show photos. But yet the next day, they removed that piece of concrete so you could never see it again. Right? Yeah. Well, if you go, according to Prouty, if you go measure from that nick in the concrete where it hit, the ricochet, if you go directly back to Kennedy's limo and go beyond, it goes right to the second floor of the Daltex building, which is exactly where many of us feel there was a second shooter team as well as the grassy knoll fence and the book still depository. If you draw a straight line back to to Oswald's sniper nest, according to Proudy, it's twenty two feet high and thirty three feet wide. That's a pretty big miss.
1: That's a huge miss.
2: Now what was what would they tell us now, like the magic bullet, that was the warm up shot to see if the weapon worked? <laughs> You know, would that be yeah. the, if you, if you got someone to attempt to answer this, is that what they would then tell us, like they do all the, when you can get an answer? The other thing, let me add this, the thing that disturbs me the most about 9-11 is this, you're not allowed to ask anything about it and, and expect an answer. You're not allowed to question anything the government has said to you. I found out during my TV show. We had 13 requests into Rudy Giuliani. I had one question for him. You know what it was? What? Who was actually in charge of the site? Who made the calls? You or was it the feds? Answer? Can't, he won't talk to you. Come on. 13 times. 13 requests we had into him. And they wouldn't let me in building 17, hangar 17, which is a thing out at JFK where they have debris from the, uh, the site. You know what they said there? First thing they told us, uh, well, you can film outside, but no cameras inside. We'll let the governor walk through. Well, we didn't have to wait long. That changed. The governor can't walk through, and it'll cost you ten grand to film outside. <laughs> then we that changed again. No filming outside, no nothing. Get out of here. We don't want nothing to do with you. So we went out there on our own. And in my show, you see, you know, when we actually – got to view what was inside the building that we weren't allowed to see. Here's the thing that ticks me off. I just wrote a check out for six figures for part of my taxes for last year, this year, whatever my accountant told me. Now, when I'm sending them money to that level, I think that I have every right to ask a question and get a damn answer. Yeah, I would agree. Because technically, aren't they working for me? I'm paying their salary with my taxes don't i have a right to ask a question and get an answer
1: jesse in in all of your investigating and reading and research have you ever gotten to the bottom of one of these conspiracies
2: no you never will uh, they're very much like a, a big jigsaw puzzle each one and it's like throwing all the pieces on the floor right each piece is a little shred of evidence and you start assembling it can you complete the puzzle go. But you can do enough of the puzzle to where you can figure out what it is. Right. You don't have to complete the puzzle to get a very clear idea of what very well did and would and had gone on.
1: Okay, because here's the deal. You know as well as I do that when people push back, when someone proposes a conspiracy theory, you'll hear the situation, you'll hear the synopsis, you'll hear the evidence, you'll hear the information, and then someone will say, well, so-and-so said this. Okay, well, how do you know that's true? Well, because so-and-so said that it's Well, how do you know that they're true? And you well, okay. keep going back with that, and who, sure. knows, who knows
2: who's saying what
1: and, and well, whether it's true or not?
2: Let me counter that with this. The government only has a conspiracy theory also what have they actually proven they've told you what happened and you accept it and the news media gives you sound bite news carrying the government's message and you accept it i'll ask you this in the case of 9-11 are we not a country with the rule of law i mean i question it now but weren't we supposed to be a country about the rule of law Well then how can you convict someone before indicting them? Why haven't they indicted Bin Laden? You don't need to catch him. All it is is the government going forward with evidence, showing it to a group of citizens called the grand jury, and the grand jury brings down an indictment. They've had almost nine years now. Why has there not been one shred of evidence? brought forward and shown to a grand jury. Then they got this supposed guy, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who confessed. Excuse me, they waterboarded him 180 times. I've been waterboarded. Anyone would confess after 180 waterboardings, trust me. I said a quote that made it into the Yale uh quotes of the year. I guess Yale University has the top 10 quotes, no specific order. I made it last year, forever and ever, amen, when I was on Larry King. And I said, Larry, you give me Dick Cheney a waterboard in one hour, and I'll have him confess to the Sharon Tate murders. (laughs) And that's the truth. The government's conspiracy theory is this, that 19 Islamic radicals armed with box cutters Defeated our multi-billion dollar air defense system, all while conspiring with a bearded guy in a cave in Afghanistan. Now, we buy that hook, line, and sinker, but we won't buy anything else. I find that to be rather a bizarre conspiracy theory. If,
1: if Arianna Huffington was waterboarded, what would she confess to?
2: Well, she'd have to confess to censoring me. Because the the Huffington Post, she'd been after me for two years to write for it. I wrote my first article. I wrote my second article. They posted it for one hour and then took it down and refused to have it on anymore. You know what it was about? While the mainstream media didn't pay attention in San Francisco, there was a meeting of over 1,000 architects and scientists who signed a petition demanding a new investigation because they don't buy scientifically that the buildings could do what they did that day. Now, how come that's not reported on? How come when I write about it in the Huffington Post, it's immediately removed? Get a picture here of, you know, questioning your government? And believe me, I come from the mode of Tom Jefferson, dissensions, the greatest form of patriotism. You notice the Texas schools, them new books they're writing, they're eliminating Jefferson a lot. Because Jefferson was a great dissenter of government. And I believe that's what you is required as a citizen, not what we've been taught to go along to get along.
1: Jesse Ventura, American conspiracies, lies, lies, and more dirty lies that the government tells us. What bugs you, Jesse, about people who just don't, they don't care? Or or maybe they think that you and Alex Jones are just, I don't know, capitalizing on fear and the power of the unknown conspiracy stuff. You know, you're just making money off this.
2: (laughs) If it was money... Uh, why would I have not agreed to do it at first? I had to think for two weeks to do this, and uh, uh, and, and I, I made a decision three years ago by moving to the Baja where I live now. I, I made a conscious decision at that point that I wasn't chasing the dollar anymore. And it's kind of funny when you tell them you're quitting, all of a sudden you get so much stuff and work to do, you can't believe it. Maybe that's the key at least in the entertainment or Hollywood world, because I ended up getting three pilots then. When I wanted to work, I couldn't get nothing <laughs> all them years. Yeah. But when you tell them, I'm done, I'm going to Mexico, I'm going to surf, I'm going to enjoy life, go on an adventure, and the hell with chasing the dollar anymore, all of a sudden now I got pilots coming at me left and right. I write books on my books. and Well, my, get this. Why is it that my book has not been reviewed by any major book reviewer, and yet it's already shot to number six on the New York Times bestseller list and number four on Amazon?
1: You know, you deal in a world that is filled with questions. A lot of... And, you see, here's the thing. As former governor, I guess if you were Republican or if you were a Democrat, you might have been able to hook into some kind of old boys network and get more answers. Because you were an indie, you got nothing.
2: I, you want to know what I was like in politics? I was like the red-headed stepchild who shows up the day they read the will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> A plague upon you and your people.
2: Well, and, but we're the majority. Yeah. If you look today at all polls, the majority of people, these two parties are minority parties. The majority of people claim to be independent. But the problem is, well, what happens to us? We're the centrists. We're the common sense middle, but we get portrayed as the fringe. And that's not true. That's why you must win the middle in order to be successful. The middle holds the key to all elections. Whoever wins it prevails. The last election, Barack Obama won it. You know? That's that's how it works.
1: Who's scarier, Bush or, or Obama?
2: Oh, Bush. No question about it. And so, you're not a liberal. Let's just get that out there. Uh, no, yes, I am on social issues. Okay. Social issues, but, I'm very liberal. Okay, you're not a Democrat. No, because because on, 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 on money issues, I'm a conservative. Right. I'm fiscally conservative. I'm socially liberal. I don't care if gay people get married. I'm, I'm, I will have been married 35 years this summer, and how does it affect me if a gay person down the street wants to get married? There's no bearing on me.
1: So are you saying that Bush and his cronies uh, at the Skull and Bones, that's the reason that they were able to finally maybe get some things done, like that new American Century think tank?
2: Well, you obviously are well read. What did they write at the end of 92? They did that thing on what will it take for the United States to be the sole superpower now with the fall of communism. And they went through this litany of all the things, and then in their summary... And this is the group that all governed then, the great majority of them. In their summary, they stated that in order to implement everything we've recommended, it will take many, many years unless a Pearl Harbor type of event were to occur.
1: And the only thing in the way was Clinton.
2: Yeah. He, was, he, he, he came in and that threw a kind of a wrench in it, so they had to wait a while. But it seems to me that's what happened, doesn't it? I mean, let someone come out and tell me and prove me different. That's what I'm reading. That's what I'm understanding. These are real documents. You know, these are not Jesse Ventura pretending to be Vince Flynn or Tom Clancy making up a great espionage story. Every one of these conspiracies in the book, there is enough evidence that I believe you have to give it enough if it's due to say this could have been what happened
1: jesse the body ventura former governor of minnesota pro wrestler navy seal actor talk show host and author of american conspiracies get it now appreciate your time jesse i really do
2: well thank you and it was great to talk to you and i'm, I'm really surprised i i'm getting people truthfully listening and not attacking me on this entire press tour except of course you know fox tv won't let me <laughs> on at night none of them three i call them the three stooges now yeah You know, yeah, they won't let me on because, of course, whatever. Who knows? I think I
1: think a UFC should maybe get the rights to you and O'Reilly going toe to toe.
2: Well, you know, uh, him or else Curly. Yeah, you know who Curly is. He's got to be a descendant, man. (laughs) You know, come on, put their pictures side by side.
1: Oh man, you kill me.
2: You know. (laughs) All right, dude. Anyway, thank you very much, and we'll do it again sometime.
1: Hang ten, buddy.
2: All right, bye bye. Bye
1: jesse ventura on the drew marshall show wow he goes where not many folks go and you know where we're going next larry king live on the drew marshall show stay with us
0: like what you've heard listen again online at drew Have you ever thought about advertising your organization on the radio, but don't really have the budget for a long-term marketing campaign? Well, what if we gave you a show? The Drew Marshall Show is currently offering an innovative advertising concept for the small business owner or charity. With web stats and listenership at an all-time high, Canada's most listened to spiritual talk show is offering you an opportunity to partner with us one show at a time. Consider sponsoring one show and we'll introduce you to our listening audience for the day. Drew will mention your organization every hour during our four-hour show, including a live phone interview. We'll also post your logo and website link on our website for an entire month. If you're thinking about promoting a special event, product, or upcoming sale, or if you just want to test the radio advertising waters without a huge investment, then consider becoming a one-day advertising partner with The Drew Marshall Show. Go to drewmarshall.ca for more details or call Michelle on 519-942-0518. That's 519-942-0518.